0: Thursday AJ so, I have a long weekend, but not yeah. like that. Long weekend <laughs> coming up of baseball tournaments. <laughs> baseball tournaments,
1: MLB game
2: in Cleveland. Uh I might have to see you in Fort Myers. Oh, I mean
0: Oh man.
1: You got,
2: Cleveland I can't get away from you.
0: Never never thought you'd hear that sentence. No. A year ago. Cleveland. Cleveland, yeah.
1: uh, Cleveland can... they're they're putting you on the prime game, I see. Cardinals
0: is it Cardinals Guardian.
1: Oh, I can't wait yeah. to dig in I'm gonna sit
2: with Wilson Contreras for like an hour. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you won't. Please, please record that.
2: Okay. I mean, I will talk to him.
0: Yeah, you should.
2: I'll talk to him. I'll talk to Mazalock. I'll talk to obviously Ollie Marble.
0: Yep. But they're hot, so. Uh, okay, series so here against Cincinnati. Yeah. But they're they got smacked. They're yesterday. better than what they were. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. They're playing much, much better baseball in general. What's up, Low Kane? By the way, Low, where's where's your favorite? Uh, ballpark that you played in besides a team that you were on?
3: Hmm. I or would have city. to say the Phillies. You know, I enjoyed I enjoyed playing in Philadelphia. That was that was a lot of fun for me. I think that those are the worst. I ain't gonna say the worst fans, but they give you the toughest time when you're in outfield. But <laughs> I, I enjoy those times very much.
0: Did you do any playful back and forth with them?
3: Oh yeah, I just smile and um it kind of gave me that that extra motivation I needed. So you know, once I go up there and got, you know, I got a hit, hit a home run or whatever the case may be. And I come come out there and they're always quiet. So uh, that's that's all the motivation I needed out there. to, to get I me can rolling. imagine. I can imagine the trolls, Kratzy, in, in, in Philly being like, oh, you suck,
0: Locate. And then he just smiles at him and they look around like, damn, that dude's handsome. He plays a mean outfield and got 20 stolen bags already. I, don't, I can't really say shit to him anymore. <laughs>
1: There's nothing you could really get on Locaine about. Like, he – I don't know. But you you in Citizens Bank Park, that's like putting a shark in a little fishbowl. Like, you're just, <laughs> you just chomping all those fly balls up. You need to play in the big parks. You need to play in Kaufman. You need to play in Colorado where you can let those old legs run, Locaine.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Kaufman definitely made me look good. I will say that.
0: Hey, let's charge the damn mound, shall we? And I will also mention, as we get that started up, Brandon Woodruff, Susan Slusser, and Kyle Wright joining us pretty soon. So let's start with Philadelphia. I actually need some help here. Um, We we were on and doing the show, and I had some meetings. I saw some highlights. But believe it or not, I can't watch every minute of every game. (laughs) I do. (laughs) I know. Hard for some fans to imagine. I do want to show the clip first. So there was an Ump show in Philadelphia, and it sounded and looked like this. At some point, that's only May twenty-fourth. Yeah, I think he's going to be called out on this one, John.
4: <clears throat> Let's see. Maybe not, because he would have walked back with Tori Lavella. So all that for nothing. Yeah. So too, 2 he's not called out. It would be great if uh, Adrian Johnson popped his microphone on and just said, this is what's going on. And now, oh, Thomas called again. And everybody. now, Kimbrell was being charged with the ball. And here comes Rob Thompson. What a joke, what a circus this game's turned into. Yeah, Rob's hot. He should be. That was Kimble's supposed to do. Kimbrell's ready had a to meeting go. for 15 minutes, and he steps on the mound, and they call the t- – This is a joke. It's all right. Keep making up rules until no one knows what's going and on. And now Kimbrell and Rojas are going at it. And Rojas is saying go back to the mounds. And Kimbrell, boy, he's a fiery dude. Matty Gonzalez gets in front of him. So the rule is the pitcher has to give the hitter a chance to get set. Kimbrell was ready to go. Rojas wasn't ready to go. So there's a ball called on Kimbrell. I'm surprised there wasn't a strike previously called on Rojas. The way the rule is, you are warned one time. And he was already ruled, warned one time. Now Kimbrell's got to wait now to get his guys going. You know, like he's... <laughs>
2: yeah, dude. Junior Valentine was the home plate umpire. It didn't make any sense because they said Rojas called timeout once and then tried to do it again. So that's supposed to be an automatic strike, so he should have been out. And then Tori Lovello came out and argued. Somehow he didn't get the strike called. So then Kimball's standing there waiting forever, but they're arguing. So then he gets in his pose, and Rojas steps in the box. Kimball's like, let's go. Then he gets a pitch clock violation. And, of course, Rob Thompson has to come out and argue with it. But I love Crux. Crux and I'm, this is a circus. What are we doing? We're just making up rules here. And then, Kimbrough's like, screw you, Rojas. I'm coming after you. And he's like, you need to hurry up. You cost me a ball. Yeah, like, let's go. I mean, that was it was a lot. It was an ump show for sure.
0: But, dude, come on. That's the ump, though. That's all on the umpire. Hel- help me out. Like, Locaine, because – I don't want it to get confused with being against the pitch clock or some of the new rules. Like, that was not managed correctly by the official.
3: Uh, yeah, agreed. Uh, it's just, for me, it's, all, it's, it's always, every single year, it's always way too many situations like this where everyone's confused. No one knows what's going on. Um, and it, is it because of the new changes or rule changes every year? Or... or as hitters or, or pitchers or umpires uh, they're just not knowing what's going on but I feel like overall something something needs to change There needs to be a set set of rules and we all abide by it because honestly no one knows what's going on anymore
1: I don't I don't I don't know if that was in the wrong here I don't I don't okay. know what happened with Rojas. I don't know if he did call a second timeout. Is that what is that what you said, AJ? He called yep. tried to call a second timeout?
2: That's what they said on the air. So I don't know. Because again, we were on, on air, but from what I've read, he called one and already used it. He tried to call another one. And the umpire, I think he said, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then I think Kimbrell stopped because they were having a conversation, I think. And then Kimbrell's, you know, ends up being the one that gets the violation. Well, his, his
1: was legitimate. Like his was legitimate. You can't come set until the dude's in the box. Right. And that's he was in the of, box.
3: He had, he wasn't, he had no. one foot
1: in the box. He was in the box. I don't think that's. Yeah. I think Kimbrell's like, screw you, let's fight.
3: What's considered in the box now? Is it one foot? What's no, considered in the you box gotta, now? You got to
1: be two feet in the box ready to hit before you can come set. And I don't know if earlier in the at bat, he already got a warning. That would be the only area where I think he may have, they may have gotten it wrong. If Kimbrell hadn't gotten a warning for that already. So if he hadn't, that should have just been a warning. Hey, you gotta wait until he's looking at you, whatever the whatever the terminology is. But the best part of that video, because I shot Kimbrel back in 2012, he's wearing my number now. So I didn't even know he was my number, but that makes me feel so happy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I heard he was pissed. Like he always wanted your number, you know? No. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Hey, Onage is Onage. Yeah. <laughs> he's just glad you're on foul territory now. not. Yeah, he's so, glad I'm done. Just
2: yeah. a little bit more of an explanation, like, because I've been trying to find this is the best story I could find. And it says that Kimbrel kept coming set too quick because Rojas had one foot in the box. But his other foot probably was also in the box, but it just looked like, you know. Uh-huh. So Kimbrel was coming set. JT Romuto kept telling him, hey, slow down, come and set. So I think that's what Rojas was complaining about. Then Tori Lovello came out to complain. That's why he didn't get a pitch clock violation. And then he did it again. And that's when the home plate umpire came out. Ah, the, the whole show they do. And uh, Kimball, and then Kimball's like, screw you, Rojas, let's fight.
0: You know, hurry up. And then, you know. But, so is it on Craig? Does he need to slow down?
1: Dude, no, hurry up.
0: So the new rules are, let's hurry what's up. What's the problem? Rojas took too long.
1: I don't know. I didn't see. But. It's kind of, yeah. it's kind of, I think it's kind of gamesmanship. Like if you stand there with your one foot in the box. You don't have to get into the box until eight seconds, and address the pitcher. You address the pitcher, then you're ready to go. And if the pitcher wants to speed you up, AJ, you both of you guys, you knew it. If some dude was working fast, he would stand outside the box and just be like, "Yep, just wait," and you know maybe do like the Ryan Braun, like arm up until you get in the box, and then put your arm down and re- like. It's all about that timing, and maybe he felt like Kimbrel was was rushing him. It was the Phillies' momentum right there. Shoot, after the show, I turned on the, the radio for the game, driving to my practice, and, I mean, it was doom and gloom. They were <laughs> like, well, what comes first? No hits or no energy? Because they got both today, and it just looks like, this is where this team is at. Maybe they're missing Reese Hoskins. Maybe they're missing, you know, they're talking about all that stuff. And then they were doing that post-game? No, 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 no. This was the game was still going on. Right when, oh, they, right okay. when they took Zach Gallon out is when I was driving to practice. And then by the time I got to practice, they started to mount that comeback. And obviously after practice, I got to see all the all the fireworks and everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, down five-nothing at one point in this game, and Trey Turner, bottom nine, one on. Two outs, down two. That's the moment you practice in the backyard. Hanger from Ruiz. And he had been 0 for 4 in the game and 1 for 12 in the series. And, I mean, he's saying it all year. He's like, I suck. I suck right now. I'm, not, only- I'm playing my worst ball. I, I want to play the clip of what he said post game Because, obviously, yeah, he does that. And then, boom, with the walk-off in the 10th. But here's what Trey Turner said after the game. So it was a huge win for the Phillies. And for him, not just for his you know, personal um climb to get back to who he really is this year but for some more respect from his mom oh they they don't bother me um
2: my my mom prepared me for anything in this in this game in this world so um she was tough on me um from an early age and uh not much phases me so um uh, she told me today she was booing me. She actually texted me and said, um, you know, good game except for your fourth at bat. And I said, yeah, not a good one. And she said I was booing you. So, um, yeah, she, she's, uh, she's why I'm here. one of the
0: reasons why I'm here. She's honest? Yeah.
2: She's honest? Listen, you're playing bad, everybody boos you. You come home from games, my kids would boo me sometimes.
3: No. Yeah. No, they didn't. Of course.
0: Why not? You're playing crappy. You deserve to be booed. What would they say? Why? Why do you suck right now? Sometimes. (laughs) No, they didn't. They're They're right. We all suck at times. My
1: kids made fun of my speed on MLB The Show. They're like, (laughs) "You got eight speed, Dad. That is so embarrassing." And my dad has eight speed. (laughs) (laughs) Did you have eight speed? (laughs) Yeah, that's garbage. (laughs) <laughs> didn't even get to double digits.
0: Look, <laughs> look, look at like 96 or whatever he was just cracking up at you. What did your kids ever say to you, especially the last few years? Did they get on you like, man, dad, why don't you play every day anymore? Oh,
3: you say, you're saying talking to me? Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, dad, why, dad, why, dad why'd side. you take
0: a day off? Oh, you know, no, you no, used no, to no. play dad, every
3: you know. day. Dad try to get all the day games off, you know. I wasn't a fan of day games, you know. Day games were for the birds, you know. Um, I wasn't a fan of them, but, you know, um, my kids, they they love watching their daddy go out there and just run around and try to make diving plays and, and get out there, you know. But if for me, I've always wanted to play. I tried to play as much as I could into this body. I would, sometimes I would play too much, and this body would break down on me. So that's why I had a lot of injuries throughout my career, but, you know, My kids play with me on the show. They enjoy it. I guess my ratings are okay on there. So, I mean, I guess I'm not too bad. I don't know.
2: We we played a game this year against a team early in the year, and they were yelling at me because I'm an assistant coach, saying, you're not even a real card. Because on MLB, they have, like, the the cards, I guess. And Mm -hmm. they're like, you're never going to be a card. And we were like, what the hell are they yelling at? And then we finally figured it out. The coach is a buddy of mine, and we're like, what were they saying? He's like, you're not even a card. And so we had some of our kids ask their kids, "Are like, oh, you're yelling at him because you know he doesn't have a real card on MLB The Show?" Were they? I'm like, that's what they're going with.
0: Like, were they like joking, like no? Do? The or game. they were like really trying to talk shit? Yeah. Oh, they were.
2: They were being real. They were yelling at my son who was catching. You know, oh, your dad doesn't have a card,
0: and we're like, I don't. I, don't, I got a, a card we didn't know what they were saying <laughs> your dad doesn't have a card yeah, uh your, on MLB the oh, show. your dad was a multiple time all-star and it video game company didn't give him a card yet in the in the game i mean i'm what? like i've been on that show lots of times <laughs> <laughs> i was on that game for 20
1: years <laughs> for, for 20 years <laughs> now you're now you're a legend now you're doesn't even have a card yeah. Shoot, my son tried to put in his name you know the create a and it wouldn't take Kratz as one of the one of the names. I'm like, I was just on the game like back in 2020. It hasn't been that long ago, but he typed in Ethan Kratz, and all it came up was Katz, K-A-T-Z. I'm like, unbelievable. a pitching the coach. Show. Yeah, that's a pitching. Maybe they coach. Even got you confused with the pitching coach. Yep. That's Ethan Katz. <laughs> yeah, exactly, Ethan Katz. Yeah, that's what you just said. Terrible. Oh
2: man. <laughs> Terrible. But, you know, so I mean, my mom. I, I've told this story out here. My mom, when I was with Minnesota, if I'd be like 0 for 5, 0 for 7, 0 for, you know, go for two games, she'd send me little stick figures, drawings, overnighted. I've had a hit.
0: No. Yeah. Wow. Like, hey, let me Let's show you this. your mechanics right now. Yeah. Stick figure. Jeez. What did you say? i just laugh. I'd be like, "Cause you hit a lot of sliders in the big leagues, Mom? <laughs> <laughs> I've heard a lot of players like that where, you know, mom or dad after the game being like, what happened? <laughs> like, uh, Emmanuel Class A's cutter in the ninth happened. Yeah. What do you how can you, not get a, how can you not get a hit off Randy Johnson? Well, I don't know, mom, but he's pretty good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've, seen right,
1: it. I've seen it kill some dudes. I've seen it crush guys. Like, there was one guy I know in the minor leagues, his dad, when he was struggling, his dad would come to – The road trip in the minor leagues, and he would sleep on the floor in the room with his roommate because he didn't want to pay for his own hotel room. But he was coming to because he wanted to help him with his swing. Mm. Wow! (laughs)
2: Luckily, I played before like the internet, and you could watch all the games. So
1: very true. I got
2: you know, I didn't have it as bad. They could only listen on the radio on the (laughs) internet, and there was no video like now dude now you turn on mlb
0: you can watch you can watch any anything. minor league game there is yep yep it's
2: crazy and before now i mean we were lucky we had internet
0: i feel bad for all the players out there that have to deal with family friends anyone that doesn't know the game who's trying to give them tips sometimes it's helpful yeah, yeah totally but yeah pick and choose your spots fam listen to but gavin I'm... sheets is dad i feel you trey feel you buddy yeah exactly <laughs> our moms boo us all the time That's right. Let, let's hit marcus stroman's day against the mets a 4-2 dub for chicago and he was fired up and we can show it as we talk through it but he is someone who likes to pitch with motivation and emotion and it is late may going up against the mets one this is Metsmerized Online. One anonymous met on Strowman's celebration via New York Post. Show some respect. Be a professional. It isn't all about you. <laughs> and I know our boy uh, Adam Jones has been tweeting today about, about Mad Dog. Russo. What did,
2: did Strowman do? Because I didn't see this part. Of it. I went, after Senga I couldn't get six and a half strikeouts, I went to bed.
0: C- can we show here? We're showing him getting pumped up, pointing to himself. And, and to me, I mean, I see stuff like that all the time <laughs> where guys are like, let's go. I mean, there's there's closers who would act like they're mm-hmm. trying to kill everyone. And then you talk to them, um, Liam Hendricks, nice as hell, but he plays his best, pitches his best if he thinks he's going to go out there and battle. And he'll like get into it with like the opposition, but not even a particular person. I've spoken to him about it. So I don't know.
2: Here's my thing. They're I hate like the anon- I hate the anonymous player. Dude, step oh. up
0: and say it. Yeah, talk, dude. Who was yeah. it? Say it. Be
2: like, if you're Pete Alonso or Francisco Lindor or Nimmo or one of those million met guys we all know, be like, why is Marcus Stroman doing that to us? We didn't get rid of him.
1: Probably wasn't them. Yeah. Well, but what? Okay, then who was it? It was it definitely was, one of them. It
2: better not be one of the young guys, because if you're one of the young guys doing it, then, you're d- then one of the veteran dudes should be like,
0: shut up. It is probably one of the young guys because a veteran would say shut up and people would get after them on social and be like, who are you? You're the 26th man on a roster and Strowman's pitching like a one right now.
1: I think it was a veteran because I don't see a reporter. I don't don't see a reporter going, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. I I won't tell anybody. Like it was somebody just chumming around and being like, man. To me, maybe somebody that played at the same time that Strowman was there. I don't know. What I, what I saw Strowman do was was very – it seemed like it was very directed at their dugout, but, hey, what do I know? I wasn't in the game.
0: Yeah, but also, I mean, I don't know if there's anything, like, personal um, behind the scenes, but I do know that he pitched for them and they they didn't keep him, right? He signed a big deal to go to the Cubs, I know. though. I mean, I what know, does he want? The, it's a big money team, and that's just his motivation. Who cares? He got the qualifying offer. He didn't Amir Garrett and run over and try to take out half the dugout. You should. That'd be, that'd be way cooler. <laughs> okay, Lo, your turn. Like, you're on the other side. Like, do, do you yeah. care?
3: I mean, I get it. Some people don't care, but I'm, I'm big on the respect thing, you know. Um, I think maybe there was possibly a situation where, you know, he wanted to come back there, and I feel like he directed all, all of that energy towards the players in the dugout. But to me... Maybe it was the GM that didn't want him, you know. Maybe that's the person who got rid of him. And, um, you know, speaking from experience, you know, I had a little extra motivation myself, you know. Um, when things fell through at Milwaukee, um, the Cubs, for instance, you know, I was talking to them a little bit, and then they kind of gave me the runaround. They acted like they wanted to sign me. Then they gave me the runaround. But then when I eventually signed Milwaukee, that always stuck in the back of my head. And every time I played the, club, the Cubs, you know, I try to go out there and, you know, do damage and catch every fly ball, you know, driving runs, do everything I possibly could to beat that team that day. And uh to me, that's that's coming from above. Uh that's that's a whole nother situation that's personal, the way he played that out.
2: So here's my question. Isn't this what we want? We went through the WBC and every person on the show said, we want more emotion. We want guys that are gonna do mm-hmm. the stuff in the WBC. So then Marcus Stroman goes out and does it. Hey, da 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 da. Now, some random Met guy who can't won't put his name on the quote. Yeah, all right. First of all, I don't believe in fighting battles in the newspaper. Like, if you got a problem, go up to Marcus Stroman and say, hey, let's figure this out. I'll put my name on the quote. But isn't this what we wanted? We wanted more emotion. Now, somebody, because they got it shoved up their rear end by Marcus Stroman, they're like, oh, I don't, it's not about him. Well, guess what? He just shoved it straight up your butt for eight innings. So he just kind of can do whatever he wants. So we wanted this on one hand, but now when people do it, we don't want it because he wasn't showing anybody up. He was just like, I just pitched eight innings, shoved it straight up your rears. Yeah. Come get some.
1: I don't care. (laughs) I think he he was showing guys up, but I don't think it's a big deal. He did it. It wasn't like he just got rocked for five. Like he had an absolute baller outing. And to me, I mean, the exact quote is, I don't know, like, what did we do to him? Like, who said, like, oh, what did we do to him? Why is oh he doing God. that? It just seems so like a very, soft. like, back back corner kind of interview, somebody saying something, like, trying to get a rise out of somebody.
3: And it looked look personal to me. It looked personal to me. Um, there's, there's much more going on that we don't know about. But, um, yeah, the energy he displayed, you know, I've, I've always been the guy that, hey, you don't like somebody kicking your butt, go out there and stop them. So I've always been on that side of the coin for sure. I mean, guys go crazy, flip bats, do whatever. I like all of it. I got no problem with what he did.
0: Yeah.
2: Now, we, again, like, there's more like Locaine just said. There's more to it. And we don't know that.
0: So unless so comes say it. Exactly. Unless you say that, if yeah. you're a player on either side and you say that to clarify, otherwise I'm just going, cool. He's got emotion. It's a team he pitched for. They didn't give him a big offer to come back. Go for it. You're having a year. Be you. Mm-hmm. And he's fueling. He's fueling off of that. Enjoy Lo, it. Yeah. Lil Kane. What was uh
1: What was Samarja saying to you when before before we got in that brouhaha with the with the White Sox?
3: Like hey, well, hey, as we know that situation, I you know Moose took him Oppo at the K. You know um. And then the next pitch, I get squared up in the back. Yep. All right. I thought it was intentional. You know, he just—I looked at him. He didn't really look at me. Okay, whatever. Situation squashed. And then we went to Chicago, and you know, the whole thing we've been touring. You know, we were fighting everybody that year. Um, <laughs> we kind of—we <laughs> got in a little scuffle there. But in the back of my mind, all I was thinking about was, hey, where's Samarja? I remember he—he he hit me in the back in in Kansas City, and if we're gonna fight, then. He's a big boy. Let's let's see what happens, you know? So, um, but yeah, I mean, in, in the back of my head, hey, let's handle it as men. Let's handle it right here on the field. And whatever happens, happens.
1: And you did. You did yeah. handle it. Yes, we, we did. Actually, we, we actually, Lo would was saying we fought everybody. We had like four bench clearings up to that point that year. And we had another, <laughs> we had a team meeting afterwards. It was one of the funniest, te- I mean, best ends of the team meeting. Yost was like, no, like, you guys can't be doing this. We're going to be losing, guys. Ventura's going to be out for five days. You know, somebody could have gotten hurt in that melee. And then they're like, hey, does anybody have anything? <laughs> Afterwards. And Salvi goes, hey, if other team want to fight us, we're going to fight them, okay, guys? We stand up for each other. Good meeting. It was hilarious. <laughs> he just shot everything down yeah. that, that yeah. they had been saying. It was it was the best South and South, and everyone's like, yeah! And
0: then we just <laughs> went on with the season. <laughs> That's really good. And it is time to talk West Coast baseball. Bay Area baseball right now. Has... It's always a
2: gamble for me. What? Talking Giants baseball, A's baseball,
0: Angels baseball. Why? Because they love you out mm-hmm. there? Mm-hmm. Well, let's bring in Susan Slusser, <laughs> who joins us right now from the San Francisco Chronicle. Susan, great to see you. And how is life in the Bay Area lately, baseball-wise?
5: Uh, well, it's very interesting. Um, technically, I'm in Milwaukee right now with the Giants, but um, beautiful Milwaukee. Um, Are you In the Fister? Uh, Wait, did you see ghost? No, that's
0: not the Fister. I, I, I know the hotel.
5: I am not in the Fister. I am. Uh, <laughs> I am elsewhere. But uh, I, I love a good ghost in a hotel, see? so I'm. I'm very pro pro hotel ghost. Uh, we love <laughs> AJ the Bay Area. He knows it. <laughs> well, Susan was always um, nice to me.
2: So mm. I appreciate. I, I think appreciate, we had our I moments, AJ. This I, I oh, Wait, wait, wait. I appreciate <laughs> <it>. we <have> <laughs> <this> <laughs> We've had this conversation in person, and I always told her she wrote some stuff about me. But I always appreciated the fact she was a professional about it. She would show up, and she would talk to me before she would write the article. And that's all you ask as a player: you come to me, write whatever you want, but at least give me a chance to respond. And Susan was always great about it. She would. She's not one of those people that writes the article and hides. She'd come up and. I have nothing but respect for Susan. Susan, your thoughts?
5: I always love somebody that speaks their mind, and AJ always spoke his mind, which is perfect. Yeah, you knew you'd get an opinion. So, but some of those you had some rivalries with some of those A's teams I covered. So well, exactly. that was entertaining. Yeah. yeah. of course. But that's
2: what it's about. It's all. Yes. About it's all about. Yes. yes. We, I mean, we saw we saw Marcus Stroman give the. So, and you guys were saying it was too much. Whoa, 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 whoa. No,
0: no, no. I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved it. <laughs> like more that.
5: personality. We need more personality in the game. I agree.
0: Thank you. I know AJ's been excited to ask you like a very simple question. I only have, question. One, I only have okay. one question for you, Susan, since you're Yeah, yeah you don't. You have more, but, well, this but is the, a big the start. One.
2: This because you were the A's beat reporter for years when I played. Ten and forty-one. Yep. Go.
5: Woof. Uh I mean I, I can't see how they don't lose one ten. You know, it's it's ugly. the The fact that they've shed like any almost any name there, I feel I feel so bad for Mark Kotsay. He knew, you know, the direction they were headed when he took that job, but I don't think he could have imagined kind of the depths that they're they're going to reach. You know, with um yeah, a, a majority of their players are not quite big league ready. It's it's just sad, and then. There's no fans in the stands. They've been chased away by ownership, uh, constantly disparaging the ballpark, the fans, you know, outright insulting the fans at times. It's it's just uh, awful. It's really – it kind of breaks my heart for everybody how many who's games, still there.
2: How many yeah. – I you know I love Katsai. He was a great teammate, and I feel terrible for him too. How, how many do you think they lose this year? 120? I think they break the all-time record. Not. Do you think they break the all-time record this year? They have ten wins. We're fifty games. We're a third of the way, just about, and they have ten. I,
5: I can't discount the possibility. I really can't. It's uh, it's pathetic. Uh, and they'll probably trade more or get rid of more or do something else. I mean, I, I and this isn't the front office is doing. This is ownership. You know, David forrest Billy Bean, obviously they're some of the best in the business, and they want to win. That is a competitive front office. So I feel bad for them too. What a terrible situation. Ugh.
3: Hello, Susan. How are you? How are you doing this lovely evening?
5: I am great. I am happy I to be in Milwaukee. Yes.
3: <laughs> nice. Uh, I, I've been there a lot. Old stomping grounds. Um, just quick, quick question. What is the reasoning behind the um, the A's uh, ticket sales, the raising prices?
5: Uh, that is such a great question. I mean, it's not just that they raised the prices uh, including for their uh, season ticket holders, which they didn't have that many of to begin with, they did stuff like they took away all their amenities at the same time. They took away their parking. They took away their uh, discount on concessions and merch and all of those kinds of things. Like That is a slap in the face. Why, why would you do that? Especially at the same time you're trading away anybody that has any name recognition. I, uh, I can only come to the conclusion they are actively trying to drive away their fans. Which is what's happened. So, yay! Uh, I mean, if that's—I don't know why anybody would do that, whether they're trying to move or not. It just doesn't make any business sense at all, and it's horrible to do to your longtime fans. I mean, you guys know it's a small fan base, but they are a good fan base. They're um, so dedicated. They're so smart. They're so fun. I mean, everyone knows about the drums and the guys in the in right field. It's ah, uh, it just makes me so sad. I grew up watching games there when I was a kid. used to be a beautiful ballpark. You guys are all too young to remember it. But it was gorgeous before they built, you know, Mount Davis out there for the Rangers. It was really a nice multi-purpose ballpark, and they ruined it. And now its it really is the mausoleum. It's awful.
0: Did, and you don't have to have an answer if they didn't say anything, because I know, I mean, obviously the owner hides behind um, the president. But did they ever say anything about that? Like, hey, we're charging more because... Payrolls down, and we're trying to leave. Like, what do they say to that?
5: I think that their standard answer has been that they didn't raise prices for a few years. Year, few years. Now, some of that was, you know, coming out of the pandemic when nobody was really able to do that. Uh, and uh, they had a few years ago that really interesting um, sort of season long pass. You could get certain number of seats, but then you could. Go into any game during the year, standing room only, like basically in the bars and stuff in the the Coliseum. Apparently, they actually wound up kind of losing money on some of that, and I think that's some of their reasoning too. But this is this is not the time to be driving away your fans. I just don't. I don't get it. I, I, can you imagine being an Oakland A's fan right now? It's I, like why? Why would you be?
0: We we try and be there for them in in, in every aspect possible, bringing on. current, but also former A's and actually getting like real questions and answers out of them about what they're dealing with, or even former players like Chris Bassett has talked to us about like the text group that he's in with all these talented A's that they've traded away. So what I wanted to ask you about on that front is Sean Murphy. This is a young guy, had team control left, and I know they were emptying the cupboard, but it's not like he was super expensive. And clearly he looks like a superstar. So oh, yeah. he goes to Atlanta before he's been playing a game. Signed six years, seventy-three million guaranteed. And I know he can make a little more if they pick up that club option. That would make it seven eighty-eight. Could they not have done that? And if they did, do you think he would have accepted it?
5: I mean, you could say this about almost all of these guys that they've let go or traded. I mean, the first indications they were in trouble, as far as I was concerned, was when they didn't even give Marcus Simeon a qualifying offer. Are you kidding me? He's a Bay Area guy. They're shortstop, steadiest person on the team, team leader, no qualifying offer. Uh, I mean, he probably would have left, and then you get the pick. They, they wouldn't even risk that. Terrible. Um, but, yeah, Sean Murphy is – I mean, they knew what they had. Again, this is not the front office. This is straight from ownership. They absolutely knew what they had, but ownership's not going to give that kind of money. Like, how are they spending money? They're not spending money on anything, even the ballpark right now, and it's it's crumbling.
2: So. Susan, yes, even I am on the A's fan side. I know that's hard for you to believe. <laughs> <laughs> Let, let's go let's go to another fan base that I'm they love me at in San Francisco and your Giants. They're playing well right now. I had their game on Monday against the twins. Uh, but they are playing well right now. Gabe Kapler's kind of figured it out. They've kind of righted the pitching situation. Conforto's been a good pickup for them. How good can this team be?
5: I you know what, they still have a few guys who are either out. Um, or who are underperforming. And I think we'll see more out of, especially Mitch Haneker. So I, it, this is kind of more what they expected. Uh, and the bullpen's coming together. They got Luke Jackson joining that bullpen probably in the next week or two too. So it's only theoretically getting better. I mean, you guys know, you never know with bullpens. Sorry, I know you guys have a sort of a betting slant. When it comes to bullpens, there is just no betting there not projectable, um, but I, it's gotten better. Camilo Duval is turning into kind of a star and they add Luke Jackson. So, um, you yeah, know, the fifth spot in the rotation is a little bit wonky, but that's everyone. They've got Kyle Harrison, their top uh, prospect, uh, waiting in the wings, pitching better and better at AAA. So I, I think their ceiling is higher than the way they've been playing lately. And they've been one of the hotter teams. Now their defense is still – not among the league's best. It's better than it was last year, but they need to tighten that up or, or you know, all their plans around pitching, that goes out the window.
0: I have fan questions for you, quite a few. I was like, anyone have questions for Susan? And I'm not going <laughs> to be able to get them all in here, but let's start, I guess, somewhat big picture from Justin. What's up, Susan? Greetings from LA. What do you see San Francisco doing at the deadline, buying or selling? And they'll double down by asking about the offseason already too, who wins the Otani bidding war this winter. So a lot for you to unpack here.
5: Yeah. I, I mean, I think that they are probably going to be buyers at the deadline. Uh, hmm. I, you know, it, it could go either way, you know, it, but I, I do think that the addition of the extra wild cards that that's made everybody feel like they're in it, they're playing well enough. The pitching's good enough. Um, yeah, you know, they it's they seem like they've probably solved the catcher spot, which was the biggest mystery. And uh I I you know, it's tough to get a frontline catcher during the deadline anyway. They like most potential contenders, they may be add a reliever. They might look at starting pitching if that fifth starter spot is still weird. Um, you know, they've got good arms there, they just haven't quite come through. So I, I don't know how much they meet they need it. It, it might come down to if they've lost somebody via an injury, but man, these young kids that they've got who've been coming up lately, better than any trade. Off season, uh there is a pretty good question about what's happening at shortstop. They could leave Casey Schmidt there. Obviously they went pretty all in, in Korea before that uh you know weirdness with his uh physical uh, a little bit of a question mark, but uh, they, they always go after pitching. I would love to see them go hard after Sonny Gray. Obviously, I know Sonny really well. We just saw him the other day. He's pitching better than anybody. He's always looked to me like a great fit in San Francisco. He'd probably be a great fit anywhere right now. But uh, that's kind of what I see maybe for the offseason. But that that is a ways off. We have no idea what their needs might be really right now.
0: Royalty asking, even though Crawford should be a lifelong giant after his season performance so far, if he keeps it up, how do you not cut him at some point?
5: Yikes! Uh, I don't. I mean, it, it, look, they—he's the only guy left from that dynasty. The Giants were. Uh, very deferential to all the members of that team and with good reason. The the one that won three titles, five years and Crawford's from the Bay area that they, they don't just dump him. Uh, he has had a lot of physical problems the last couple of years, like little nagging injuries. I, I think he probably winds up with a lot less playing time. He already has with Casey Schmidt coming up and he's playing a little bit out of position at shortstop. He's a world-class third baseman, but uh, right now he's, he's, almost splitting time at shortstop and you know, you hope that that keeps Crawford healthy and performing well, but he's used to playing every day and he's not at his best right now. So I kind of wonder if it actually might be hurting him. That's a, it's really a thorny issue because he is so beloved, uh, by everyone, the team, the fans, uh, really the whole Bay area. Cause he's the last, he's the last man standing from those great teams.
2: Crawford. I, I did the game on Monday and Schmidt, Schmidt impressed me. Bailey, uh, all the young kids they had up, Sable, all these young kids they brought up, they bring energy, and we've talked about this on the show, how much energy they bring. And then they started Brevia in that game, and, and we asked Gabe before the me- game, we said, well, why are you starting Brevia and you're not starting Manaya or someone else, uh, Beck, Tristan Beck? And he said, well, we just think this is the best way to con- basically confuse the, the twins, which it did. But Manaya came in and threw great. He threw, he had eight punches, I think, in three and two, three and a third, three and two, whatever it was, he, he pitched great. So is this going to be his new role for Manaya We're going to let Previa start, and then we're going to bring in Manaya or let somebody open for him? It, it, because he started off not good. So have they found something in Manaya by not having him start the game?
5: I, You know what? I think he's getting a little bit more comfortable doing that. I think that's really all it is. Um, I, You know. He's got so much ability, and I think coming out of the pen, which he really had done very little of before this year, just a handful of games. I think that threw him off. He looks more comfortable, so I suspect maybe we'll see more of it. Brebbia has been remarkable when he's opened. He's given up one run in 14 outings uh, as an opener, um, so I think we'll see more of that. But with that fifth spot kind of open, I don't know. You know, if Mania pitches well enough, I, I'd rather have him start the game. You know, I think he'd be more comfortable doing that. Um, again this fifth fifth spot you know stripling was not effective now he's on the IL it, right it, it's probably the biggest question mark they have right now so uh TB, tbd i guess
2: it isn't hey, we all love the tbd the Tiba guy <laughs> isn't this kind of the the giants way two years ago when they won all those games kind of out of nowhere they they platooned everybody they out I don't want to say they 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 outthought or outsmarted everybody, but they kind of did right with their platoons and their pitching and the way they handled everything. So is this the path for the Giants to stay relevant without spending a ton of money? They spend money, but without going out, they missed on Correa, they missed on Judge. We know all that. Without maybe they're not going to go after Otani, but they find these little matchups with Brevia and then bring Manaya after him or whatever it is. Is this their path with Gabe and Farhad to relevancy in postseason?
5: Well, I think they are definitely always trying to outsmart everybody, out information everybody. I think you can get a little lost in the weeds with that. Um, I, you know, I think it, sometimes paralysis by analysis. Their strengths are clearly um, going to be the starting pitching and some of these young players that are coming on. And that's where, that's what's different from two years ago is these are guys are not platoon players. You want Casey Schmidt and Pat Bailey in the lineup most of the time. Um, And a lot. they talked in this last offseason about we need more everyday players. So that's definitely moving away from what they did. And one of the issues they had with so many platoon players is they had a lot of sort of more veteran guys who were good offensive pieces but didn't necessarily have great fits all the time defensively. And it didn't hurt them too much two years ago, but last year it killed them. I mean, their defense was by far the last in the majors. And they had decent pitching, and their defense just crushed them. So they're, they're, they're turning things around. These kids all play great defense. And when we talk about Pat Bailey, AJ, he's he really reminds me of you. Like, oh and I'm not the don't, only don't, one to I say that. I don't wish that.
2: that on anybody, Susan. Gabe told, <laughs> he, really, oh, he has a better mustache, yeah. he has a better yeah. mustache than me.
5: Uh but yeah. so when I asked he, does. Him, look. he looks like you he, he plays a little bit like you. Oh, You're gonna have to kid. talk to him about getting a little bit of that AJ Przezinski edge, I think. You gotta get him
2: on. Yeah, let's get him on poor yeah. kid. That poor kid. So <laughs> but when we talked to Gabe, Gabe said, I want you to watch this kid catch. Because he I played with Gabe, and so I've known Gabe forever. And I watched him in the game. He was a little bit clanky, but he could throw and he moves really well. And the thing for me that I noticed and we talked to Gabe about this was they're so much more athletic now with Bailey, with Schmidt with Wisely, with Sable, they, they just can cover more ground. They make more plays. There's balls the last few years, as you know what you just talked about, they were getting ground balls to their infielders. They just couldn't get to them. And now with these younger – I mean, Schmidt, if you haven't seen Case Schmidt throw, I mean, it's a it's a thing.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I mean, he's got probably the best arm I might have ever seen in the infield. I mean, it's like, vroom. Yeah. So I think that's the big thing that she's talking about is they're just better athletically. And they cover so more ground better. and therefore make more plays and help their pitchers out.
5: Yeah, and their outfield last year was dead last in every metric. Some of that was having Jack Peterson in, in left a lot. Um, but adding Haniger and Conforto um, especially, uh, I did not realize having not seen him play every day. He is a better outfielder. I, I knew he was decent, but he is better than I even thought. He is very solid, obviously, given them great at-bats. But he doesn't look like a guy who's going to be, like, super athletic necessarily, and he is. Uh, Hanner's good. Sable's better in left than I think we anticipated for a guy who they were saying he's catcher, 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 catcher. Uh, He's fine in left. So I think AJ, you'll like this. I think they're going to probably carry three catchers, technically, Mm. when uh, Joey Bart is bat. I think Sable will be probably more in left, but that that gives him three catchers, which I love. More catchers. Hey, every team, the
0: more catchers. you If you, had, you could have 26 catchers on a team, you win every game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's a shirt. Hey, let's finish with this. Uh, Toasty asking, can you give us some information about uh, Matos, Luis Matos, who I've been following for a long time now, too, as a, as a fantasy baseball player. Said, well, you see him this year. You know, he's hitting well going into Tuesday in A. So, uh, you want to get younger and more athletic in your outfield? That's a good way to do it.
5: They have so many good young outfielders coming. I mean, that is really a strength of the organization right now, guys to keep a, an eye on also, or Vaughn Brown, who's at, at uh, AA, uh, Grant McRae, who's at high A. Really, really uh, an area of strength for them. Luis Matos, he... Um, you know, he had some injury things last year. He underperformed. He, he sort of figured things out toward the end of the year. Obviously, he's come on strong this year. Usually, I would go like, hey, just got, he just got to AAA. Like, we're not going to see him for a while. But I could would have said the same exact thing about Pat Bailey a few, a few weeks ago. You know, he, he got 14 games at AAA. So, uh, if there's a need, I think they're a team right now that goes like, hey, let's just call up the young guy, which exactly. I love. So, I'm not ruling that out. Uh, they do have a lot of outfielders, and Austin Slater's coming off the IL soon. Peterson, who's, I mean, as you know, just just a DH now, but he's coming back soon, which kind of, you know, also ties up a roster spot. But uh, I, we will see Luis Montaus this year. Absolutely, I
0: like it. Okay, I'm, I'm buying this team a little Dude, bit more Gi- now. This is not the Giants way, though. No, no. For the years, but, they, but, they did it, but this they is did new it Giants way.
2: But remember, they did it in 2010, Posey and all these young kids, right? Brian Wilson and all these kids, and they won. And then they went away from it after they won the three World Series for mm-hmm. a while. And now maybe they're thinking, well, maybe this is not so bad to have some of these young kids come up, bring some energy to these veterans and help us win. Because since they've called these guys up, they've played a lot better.
0: Yes. Agreed. Susan,
2: I mean, I think,
5: thank- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think some of it was like, hey, we're not getting production from some of these guys anyway and no defense. Let's call these two kids that can at least play defense. And they're hitting because that was the mm-hmm. question. Will they hit? Yeah. So yep. we like that.
0: No, I'm excited. I, I like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm into it. I was. I was like, I was probably going to say seller, buyer. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, yeah. the, the Giants always The Giants always want to win. They're yeah, not. No. They are not the other Even team on the other
2: year. side of the bay. They're trying to win. I know it's complicated. And tell but... Bailey, maybe one day they'll retire his jersey
0: like they did mine in San Francisco.
6: <laughs> so good luck. <laughs> oh, <stop. laughs>
0: Susan, thank you so much. It was great Thanks, to catch guys. up. All right. Appreciate it. Susan Slusser joining us, uh, writes for the San Francisco Chronicle, really one of the best in the game for a long time. You can check out her articles and give her a follow on Twitter as well, at Susan Slusser. Okay. We are going to have Kyle Wright of the Atlanta Braves joining us in like two minutes, but what I want to do first is throw down one more soundbite from Legends Territory, Doug Minkiewicz, and part one of the episode is out now. We... Gave everyone a little sneak peek yesterday of his A-Rod thoughts, former teammate in the bigs and in high school. Now we have Jeter stories as well. So let's run Doug Minkiewicz on his beef, kind of, with Derek Jeter that got uh, a little smelly. <laughs> uh, come on now.
6: <laughs> <laughs> and Derek always talked to me. I was always, always, like, consummate, like, captain, right? He was always worried about everybody and taking care of everybody and joking and having a good time and making sure everybody's focused. He yeah. don't speak to me and him and Posada were like the old guys in the middle light commercial, like they always like stir the pot and walk away and Posada comes up to me, he's like shaking his head, he's like mm, you, you, you fucked up, man. And I'm like I, I don't recall what I did. So the game goes by he doesn't talk to me the entire game. Like, doesn't even look at me, which is unlike him. Did our handshake, but it was like kind of at a 3% when usually it's 120. And so, he, the game's over. Nothing happens. The next day, it's game four. I walk into my locker, and on the chair is a Macy's, like, manila folder. I open it up, and it's a professional letterhead that says, like, Macy's, whatever. uh, and so it's Something to the effect of, due to your comments on the whatever date it was in the New York times or New York, whatever it was daily, we've had to pull 2.7 million bottles of Derek Jeter driven off the shelves. And my heart sinks. Cause like, all I want to do is come back and be a Yankee. I missed half the year. I feel like this is the place for me. I can hit lower on the order and do my thing and play defense and win a championship. And, and I'm crushed. Like I'm mine, this is the playoffs and we're an elimination game. And, I'm like sick. And Derek won't even talk to me. He won't even look at me. You can catch the rest. Oh,
3: I
0: thought we were going to get the end. No. Well, we're not getting the punchline. You can catch the rest (laughs) on Legends Territory. Yes. Uh, You can download or just grab the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Or you can see it right now on YouTube. Boom. There's where you go. Every Wednesday. That's only part one. But it's about... And and just because the story's long. So I just wanted to give everyone a a taste. Like he's talking about Derek Jeter's cologne. and, And Minkiewicz was... Like making fun of it because it was the midge fun game. Of
2: it. it was the midge game,
6: right? Right. The game where Java, Java.
2: Chamberlain was getting attacked by all the midges in Cleveland. And yep. He said it was because he had Derek Jeter's cologne on, <laughs> and that's, <laughs> but, that's what started and then it. Then gets into this whole story with Joe Torre and Jeter and Posada, and,
3: and they they pretty punked great. him
0: good. Oh, well, they got him so good. Which mm-hmm. the part for me, though, is that it's it's the playoffs, and these guys are still just going after their teammates, pranking them because, I mean. I don't want to say it was easy for them but they're in the playoffs all the time and like they're just keeping it loose. So I just thought yeah. it was really cool. You know, you, you've been in the postseason plenty. Yeah. I mean, when I'm covering teams in the playoffs, like guys are a little more serious, a little tighter, <laughs> then you find out in the Yankees clubhouse, he's getting freaking Macy's letterhead put together to to prank Doug Khavich. That's next level shit.
3: Yeah, you know, that's pretty that's pretty awesome, man. Uh like you said, throughout the season, you're having fun all season long. You're enjoying yourself, having a great time. But as soon as the playoff starts, everybody tightens up It gets so serious all of a sudden. And you, it's like you forget how to play baseball. So I like the fact that they're keeping it loose, um, enjoying themselves, because sometimes you forget, you forget uh, to do that. I want to cue up a segment that
0: we actually haven't done in a while, but we are loaded up with content for this. Hot Corner. Ready? Wait on you. Do you know what Hot Corner is? Do you remember?
2: No, it's been okay. so
0: long. Um, I would like to start with Yohan Duran and his 104 mile an hour fastball.
2: That's hot.
0: That's hot. And it's not flat. It moves. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
2: And then it does a 95 mile an hour split behind it.
0: Splinker. Splinker? I That's call what it. You're
2: calling it a splinker?
0: Yeah, I thought it's, it's the splinker, right? There's the 104 piece up at the top of the zone. That one said 105
2: by the way, and then 104.
0: Yeah. So, especially when it when it's up there near the letters, I mean give give me the 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 eye visual. Does it look like it's coming in I mean, I know it's fast as shit, but does it look like it's coming in lower? It's just a You know what I'm saying? You know,
2: okay, so there was guys that threw hard.
0: And
2: Nobody, I guess Chapman was the first, Bobby Jenks was like 98 to 99. The original Matt Anderson was a guy for the Tigers, Matt Anderson. I'll never forget. We're in the Arizona fall league and he was like a 100, 102. And they're like, he's working on his change-ups. So it's called change-ups and he was throwing 92 monitor change-ups. You're like, dude, this guy's different, right? There's dudes that throw 105 or 104 and it looks like a thousand. And then there's dudes that throw a hundred and you're like, it looks like it's moving about this fast.
3: Low agree. Agree 100%. There's, there's different levels of of a hundred, you know. Um, and also, to me, if a guy only has two pitches, that helps. You know, it would probably just sit on the fastball. But if a guy has a slider, a changeup, and a you know 100 mile power in, in in his back pocket whenever he feels like it, that to me is what changes everything for a hitter. But as I was looking at those hitters right there, you notice there was no leg kick at all. Like is there, I feel like there's only a matter of time before no one's leg kicking anymore. True,
2: 104. You know? Listen, 104 is 104, 105. Mm-hmm. I remember facing Chapman the first time. And yeah, he was that was when he was 101, 102, and it was you know left-handed. Obviously, I was left-handed. It was it was a different than I had faced other guys that were 100 because most of them like Zamaya was a hunter, and he but he was right-handed. But I mean, here here's the stat. I mean, Jordan Hicks does it all the time. Helsley, who comes on here all the time, does it. There's a blast from the past. Neftali Feliz, I didn't know he threw 104, but it's a new one. Yeah, so if
0: you're listening right now, pitchers to throw 104-plus in the pitch tracking area. Chapman many times, 66 times. Jordan Hicks 12. Duran 3, all in yesterday's game. Helsley 2. Mauricio Cabrera 1. Tyron Guerrero uh, 1. Dobal and Neftali Feliz. 104.
2: Here's my thing. Although, you know, I've had this conversation with people, not only in baseball and scouts and players and coaches. All of a sudden, there's way more guys that throw hard. Mm-hmm. I'm talking hard, hard, right? And, you know, when I came up, like there was like one guy that was like 95, and you were like, oh, dude, this dude is throwing. It was like Latroy Hawkins. He was like 95, 96. And you're like, damn, dude, he throws so hard. And there was nobody else. There was 93s, some 94s, and, and you see some guys. But it was very rare. Now, every dude throws 100, 95 to 100-ish. There, there's obviously some guys that throw harder. My question is, is it the radar guns are better and we're just getting it closer out of their hand? Have we gotten that much bigger and stronger that everybody can just do it? Or is it because we tell every pitcher, we don't care if you throw that many strikes, just go out there and throw for one inning as hard as you can? Mm. Which one is it? Because I don't. If if you watch a game, if I just sit there and watch it, the ball doesn't look like it's moving that much faster out of the guy's hand, right? It just registers bigger so everyone goes, ooh, one hundred and one. I just I rigged all the radar guns. I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I, I wonder that. What, if, if, what is it? Is it really that much better training? Because guys could
0: throw hard. Nolan Ryan was throwing one hundred and whatever back in the day. Yeah, but also humans keep getting bigger, faster, stronger. But yeah. everybody,
2: everybody, though, everybody now throws ninety. If you're yeah, a you know, bullpen I'm, guy and you don't throw 95, they're like, this guy don't throw 95.
0: Yeah, the velo keeps going up. Is that why we have more? Maybe. It's the same body. But, yeah. So you're putting more on the body. I, I don't know. It's just something to think about. Yeah. Because I always I always
2: ask when I see guys, oh, this guy throws 102. Well, how all of a sudden does every guy throw a 98? T- turn on a game. Every guy that comes out of the bullpen low is – the fire thing comes up.
0: Oh, 98. Every dude. not There's Everybody. not one guy. Lefty, righty, sidearm guys are throwing 95 yeah, but, now. like, watch the NBA and look at the athleticism now versus not that long ago. I mean, when I was growing up, you'd you look up, like, Cod McCullough. Like, those guys don't play in the NBA anymore. The, the athleticism is insane. Okay. So, I, to me, I mean, it's not the exact same, but there are enough human beings on this planet – That can throw at that speed now. That the other ones, most of them, fall off. Obviously, there's outliers. Okay,
2: I I don't. know. That's what I
0: think scientifically. I I, I don't know. I'm just.
2: It's always something I've wondered about. Because I also saw. Have you seen the tweet low where they said ninety four was eighty eight back in the day?
3: I haven't seen that one though.
2: So there's a thing going where the radar guns, because the old like stalker and the old ray guns, right? They got it when it got the whole They were
0: not that far back.
2: That's what they said. They said there's there's tweet. I can't. I don't know where who but it said 88 now is 94, 95. So that's seven miles. So it was 104, really 97.
0: You hmm. see where I'm, see where I'm asking. Interesting, yeah. So was Nolan Ryan throwing one Oh eight. I don't know. Oh, so he was only throwing one Oh one. No, I don't know. <laughs> just, but you see where you yeah, see where the question I, comes from. I think from. there could be like a little more cooking on a radar gun, but six miles per hour sounds like a lot. Mm. Maybe I, I don't, again, I don't know. That's why I'm wondering. Much more serious topic for you next. So last week, was it last week or earlier this week? I don't know what you're talking about. So Pete Alonso said, "Let I can say it on this show. Oh, yeah. Let's fucking go Mets. Mm-hmm. it has been some dramatic wins for the ball club. He said that on TV, on the interview, and also it goes around the ballpark. They put it on the PA. His manager, Buck Walter, spoke on the Michael Kay show a couple of days ago and said, no more of that. So let's move yeah, on. Yeah, let's get it. <laughs> did it.
6: Because you're an old-school guy. I mean, I know you're very hip and everything. Did it bother you when Pete cursed I mean, on the field?
4: Of course it did. So it did it his mother. You know, <laughs> hey, I learned my lesson a long time ago. My mother could read lips. And, boy, that Sunday drive home after a day game when I would always call her and, and uh, put the phone on speaker and let her go, she would tell me. And I always felt horrible. And um, so... Yeah, it's uh, not a good idea and something that, uh, you know, I don't think you'll see happen again. I hope not.
0: But that's his thing, LFGM, and Mets fans rally around it. Maybe not seven-year-old Mets fans. I mean, you guys have kids. Yours are a little older than Lowe's. So your thoughts here, because on our show, and I'm not the best person here, I'm biased, some players love to come on and just be like, oh, I don't have to worry about saying I don't give a shit. Like, I can just say it, and it's that's just how I talk.
3: Yeah. I think it's just where you're at in your life. Like, he, there's an image. Like you say, I would curse a lot uh, during games, and my mom would text me after each game, hey, you need to stop all that cursing. Like, you know, <laughs> your kids are watching, you know, or, or people are watching. Like, don't curse. So, it, some people care. My mom, she wasn't a big fan of the cursing, so, you know, she would wear me out. She would let me know how she felt about it, and I tried to rein it in because that was my mom. You know, so I try to respect my mom as much as I could. And now that I have little kids, I get it. I understand it because I don't want to say something like that. And then, you know, if I say something on this show and then they they see the show and they come back, hey, well, my daddy's curs- cursing up a storm. So I try to just be careful with what, I, with what I say, but, you know, to each his own. You know, it's whatever you prefer.
2: Now, listen, my mom texted me about this show. and was like, you try not to curse. So, I mean, she still walks. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my whole thing is... You have kids, Lou. I have teenagers, older kids. Mm-hmm. You think they don't hear worse on their radio? Turn on the radio one day. They hear all yeah. kinds of stuff.
3: They do. Everywhere. All kinds of stuff. Social. Go on Instagram. Go yeah. on
2: Twitter. Go on TikTok. Whatever you're on, it, it's right. everywhere. And the thing is, is like you can try to protect your kids from it. They're going to hear it. If they have a phone, they're going to hear it. they turn on the TV, they're going to hear it. Mm-hmm. And if that's the rally cry for Pete Alonso to connect with Met fans, then let's fucking go Mets, mm-hmm. okay? Thank
3: you.
6: <laughs> because
2: whatever it takes, if it takes Jason Kipnis calling them out and they get hot, then you know what? They're all for it. So, <laughs> I mean, listen, Buck, I respect Buck Showalter, and that's his opinion. But if I'm Pete Alonzo next time, unless they're going to find me so much money that I can't afford it, let's fucking go Mets. Thank you. Yeah. That's his tagline. Exactly. Let him run. And, the and fans harmless. And the fans love it.
0: David Ortiz said it. He became a damn hero. Legend for mm-hmm. that speech. Right? And that speech That was is, the first time ever that, that speech was incredible, but is it the same if he doesn't say fuck? No, it's probably not as impactful. Because no. it doesn't
2: get it, it gets shown, but it's not as big of like, even if the people are like, oh my gosh, he cursed. That oh was God. also part of it because people were like, only David Ortiz could get away with this in Boston. Right? So that was part of the whole feeling of the speech
3: mm-hmm. was mm-hmm.
6: like
2: yeah this yeah. is our freaking city
0: right speak with with passion yeah, yeah man, I, listen. Words I, are bad. I was and
3: actually I, I was actually there when that happened actually so we were there we were stuck in the hotel room and when he made that speech man it was woof it lit that entire stadium up so that's why you kind of you kind of roll with it sometimes you know if it if it gets you going you kind of just roll with it Pete better
0: curse again yeah. No buck might scold him. So, what? First of all, Buck says stuff. I've known <laughs> Buck for years. So. Buck, Buck and me uh, in that conversation about saying whatever the fuck we want. Yes. We, we've been in situations where we were told, don't say this, don't say that. And we're like, yeah. we're saying what we want to say, whatever we mm-hmm. want. So, yeah, I, I think he's good. All right, one more here on the Brewers Stadium. So, this from the Dan O'Donnell Show, an exclusive. MLB has told the Brewers they must repair American Family Field to keep it in an MLB-quality stadium. No ultimatum was given, but the league pointedly referenced the A's move to Vegas during the discussion. Whoa! I mean, this this to me actually was surprising on many levels. One, I love that place. I think it's great. I always have a great time there. Now, I'm not a player, and I don't know the structure, but it seems good to me. 2 Mm-mm. No, not good. Okay, so let's start with one. What's what's two thousand two All Star Game? Two thousand two All Star Game Mm -hmm. tie game.
2: It was raining. There were places you couldn't go on the field because it was dripping. Same, just open. Okay, there was leaks in the. That was twenty years ago. There was literally spots where you're like, I can't sit here because. The roof is leaking on my head during the home run derby. <laughs> that was just opened, and because and they said because it was they didn't it, fix it. It I don't know, but it, it, they didn't at the time. But when it opens like a fan, right? It doesn't open like like the the, the Roger Center is one big piece. Or yes, Seattle is one big piece, or but it was it's like a fan, so it's like pieces that open kind of like this. And they said there's gaps in between. They didn't think about well, the, with the wind blowing, the water gets through the gaps. There's so you literally sitting you're watching the home run derby. There's a stream
0: of water coming down. You're like, well, not
2: sitting there. I got to go ten feet that way.
0: The Diamondbacks don't have a retractable roof right now. It's broke. We have another broken. Day. <laughs> they have to fix that too. It's actually been a you while. You know what? Already. I got a great
2: idea for the Brewers. The <laughs> Orlando
0: Brewer. Stop. Build oh, you a man. new stadium. I I, I I think I just didn't know it got to that level where it's like fix it or Oakland to Vegas. I'm like, whoa, whoa, that, those are fighting words. Okay. Orlando Brewers. Now,
3: I just got done playing there. I would say, yes, it's time the the inside part. As far as the training room, I think it's time for an upgrade. Um, also, there's no there's no AC in there. You know, so if it's raining outside and it's hot, it's it's a sauna in there. So, you know, you're sweating your butt off and can't do anything about it. Just got to deal with it. So, I think it's time for an upgrade. Um, also, you know, fix that shadow, those windows over there as well. Because as a hitter, you can't see the ball coming in. It's tough. So I think it's time for an upgrade. Fix something. Patch up something. Let's just get it done.
2: Just yeah. be like you play in Kansas City. Every yep. year they do. They hey, have You,
0: fr- you freshen up structural issues.
2: But here's the thing. In Kansas City, they have a thing where they have to do something new every year, right? There's like a – there's something with the stadium where they have to – they get like 20 million or 30 – I don't know what the number is. I'm throwing numbers out there, but – they get a let's say twenty million dollars every year. They have to do something to the stadium to improve it, the fan experience, the clubhouse. They have to spend that money. The Brewers, what have they done in since it opened? What, what has what has changed at Son Miller uh, American Family nothing. Field? Yeah, what's changed? The clubhouse is the same. Mm-hmm. The, the field is the same. They changed the color of Bernie Brewer's Brewer slide. Went from yellow <laughs> to white. Maybe that was their big upgrade. <laughs> I don't.
0: I'm serious. They haven't changed nothing. It's no. the You're same right. exact thing. Yeah. I'm always comfortable there. Are, are, what
2: you're sitting in an air conditioned booth? Of I'm course, saying, you're but no. Even
0: when I go as a fan, fan experience is fine. No, it's a little dark in there. It's it is a little dark. dark. A little yes. dark. that's fair. Tough yes. to it see as well. Hey you gosh, you you
2: rooted. Oh, day games were the worst there because of the shadows and the, the the windows. And there was like there was like all these on the you're Like oh, yeah, God, you have
0: sun. splotches of sun. Yeah,
2: it was weird. It was just weird. Weird design. Mm-hmm. But. We, you know, can we, be
0: fixed. Can be fixed. Yes. It can it can be up, I'm up? Not saying you need to blow the
2: place up. up. Just fix upgraded. it. Upgraded. You don't need to start over, but you need upgrades and you need to.
0: What is it? Renovate it. Yeah, that's the word. Yeah. All right. Let's slap hands. <laughs> Have a play for us apparently, oh. Pittsburgh. Yeah,
2: did you guys see this? It was yesterday in the Texas game. You guys remember Bill Buckner?
0: 86
2: no, never, Mets. never heard of him. 86. I'm Mets. Kidding. Okay. Yes, hello. You know who Bill Buckner is? Yes, watch this play. This is double. Legs. double yeah, I, I need to see Bill a Buckner.
3: replay on this one because I wasn't, it was hard to
6: track this baseball as it goes through the legs of Santana
2: Ooh, right there.
3: And Cashew comes Ooh. over, he has plenty of time. <laughs> And he goes Dude. through his legs as well. I, I do not think I have ever seen that. It's a getaway baseball. Yes. Oh.
0: Twice. That's my friend Dave play. Valley, too, on the on the call there. Good stuff. Twice in the same place. Megged. Less, less uh, wow. pressure, less s- magnitude on the play. No, you're right. And especially the second one going through Castro.
2: That was the same game uh, Oviedo had an immaculate inning, too. Yes. Nine, uh, three strikeouts on nine pitches. But they man. lost. Yeah, but uh, No, I know. Go Pirates. Scott Logan. <laughs> Uh, but I've never seen that. I've never seen a ball go through a dude's leg twice, two different dudes' legs twice.
0: Yeah, I don't think so either. Even at like college level, that yeah. would be little league level. That would be laps, right? Um, yeah,
2: knock it down. If that
0: happened to your high school team, what are you doing?
2: Knock it down. Put your face in front of
0: that ball. Yeah, and get your new
2: face. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we'll buy your new face. <laughs> like you ever it. seen that, love? I've never seen that before. I'm kind of speechless after seeing that because I didn't, like I say, that's my first time seeing that. And yeah, I got nothing on that one, man. Damn. <sighs> Gotta shake yeah. that off and move on to the next one, I guess. Exactly. I got a lot of
0: shaking off to do right now in, in Pittsburgh. You guys have a good weekend. You too. I'll have a great weekend. You and I, Monday podcast though. Possibly. Memorial sure. Day. It's well, coming. have
2: a good weekend. We'll see you later. Uh,
0: have a great Memorial Day. Yes, you too. Everybody, out we're there back have a great though. We're yeah, yeah, back live tomorrow, on Friday. Ken with Rosenthal me. with us. We'll stream live on Twitter. The whole deal. Lo, great to see you, man.
3: Likewise, tell Ken I say hello.
0: Yes, we will absolutely see you all Friday. Foul territory fans, listen up. Our friends at BetMGM are running an MLB bet ten dollars get one hundred dollars instantly promo with the bonus code SPICYMLB. Here's how it works. Sign up and deposit at least $10 into your newly created account. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android. Place a pregame Moneyline wager of at least $10 on any MLB team to win at standard odds price, and you will receive $100 in bonus bets instantly. If you sign up in Massachusetts or Ohio, you receive $200 in bonus bets. Use the bonus code SPICYMLB.